pipe will be done in a minute. Don't make noises. Okay, so anyway, we're talking about uh, the odds being stacked against you. Uh, how did that impact you then, and, and a little bit about how that impacts you now as well? Well, 23 years ago when this happened, it, uh, it made me feel like a modern-day warrior uh, because uh, it was a great challenge, which I felt uh, up to the task. I felt an ability uh, to overcome these odds. Even when I was put in jail, I knew that the moment that I walked out of that jail, I was going to go to Jefferson Bank and walk around that bank with a sign talking about racial inequality if I had to do it by myself. Um, uh, now, I, 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 despite the odds, and we were used to the odds because you know, there were places that we could not go. We could not go uh, to the American Theater to see a play. We could not go to a restaurant, uh, you know, a five-star restaurant in St. Louis. And there were some uh, other places that we could not get jobs and so forth. So the odds have always been stacked against us. I mean, throwing us in jail and the, you know, the ramrod that we received in the, in the courthouse uh, was typical. It was shocking. It was an outrage. Uh, and I guess over the years, uh, it has hardened uh, my character and somewhat distorted my personality. Uh, I do not believe today that uh, I'm as congenial or as charming as I could be if I had not had that type of bitter experience. It is a type of experience that no man really should have to have in his lifetime. And you should have an opportunity to, to grow and to develop your own self-worth without the forces of society uh, making you feel less than a man. And uh, I believe that um, I'm stronger, I'm more perceptive, I can see racism now, and no matter what form, I can see it. I can see it when most people can't see it. And, uh, and I can tell, for example, my children, my teenage children, how they detect it. Because see, they know nothing about racism. They have never experienced it. Uh, you know, this is, uh, this history is, is something that is, is uh, foreign to them. They, they, they cannot believe it. They find it incredible. But I can tell them that despite all of that, despite the fact that you go anywhere you want to, despite the fact that you socialize, integrate, uh, and you become you know, president of your class when only a few of your class members are African Americans, you still will face racism. Tell them how and when they will face it, and I try to explain to them how they must overcome it. And you see, that again is a part of my personality that I developed from the '60s, which is not a type of personality trait that 
a man growing older in life, having matured, should have. I mean, you know, uh, I should be sitting back, you know, working, but enjoying the comforts of life, and not necessarily having an eye on the hostilities of people toward me or my fellow man because of the color of the race. Let me touch up your microphone, and then I want to ask you, and I'll ask you why I'm touching up your microphone. Um, do you think, given the, you know, and Charlie Oldham talked a little bit about this, the, the court appointments and so forth, and the way in which um, courts have been stuffed with a lot of conservatives, do you think there's a possibility that a Jefferson thing could happen again? Oh, there's always a possibility that Jefferson Bank, in some form, can happen again. But now, uh, I think that even though judges who have been appointed by the governor, for example, uh, are probably philosophically conservative, uh, I think that they are well aware of what the law is. They have a duty to uphold the law, and um, really don't find too much of a problem uh, in the court world. Uh, we might have some problems with with uh, individuals from the neighborhoods who come and serve on juries, uh, bringing their prejudice. But then a good, competent lawyer can see that and strike them from the jury. I don't think the problem is so much with the courtroom. Uh, there is still a problem with the legislature. I think that they, that the legislatures can do more. Like for example, in New York City, the city council there passed an ordinance prohibiting any organization, any private organization, with 400 or more members from discriminating against memberships based upon race, speed, or color. Because an organization with 400 members can't possibly be private. They don't know each other. How are you going to possibly know all 400 people? And now we could do the same thing in Missouri and all across the country and prohibit the country clubs uh, and the private clubs from discriminating on the basis of race freedom color. Last question. Um, as you see into the future, what would you want to tell kids? What should they do as, as students watching this tape? Uh, what, what hope can the kids bring? The things that I've always told kids and the things that I've told myself, that you must get an education. You know, those of us who demonstrated at Jefferson Bank were lawyers, school teachers, educators, what have you. But we had three lawyers there. I mean, we had a bunch of school teachers. We had people who had gone to college and have gotten a superior education. And without that, we would not have had the ability to think, the ability to plan. Uh, we would not have appreciated history without an education. And education helps you to think, it helps you to plan, it gives you ideas, it helps you to solve problems, even your own personal problems. Your 
better off with an education than without one. So go to school. That's what I would tell the children. Study hard, get yourself the best education possible. Okay, that's it for me.